Hey everybody, it's Tim Alford here. I'm the National Director of Limitless. And just before we jumped into this episode of the Limitless Leadership Podcast, I wanted to take a moment to extend an invitation to you to Limitless Festival. Coming up real soon, 6th to the 11th of August, 2019 on the Three Counties Showground in Malvern. We are set for an incredible week and there is still time for you to book your group in. But if you've already got plans for this summer, but would like to think about coming and joining us on Stafford Showground in 2020, then why not come and visit us this year for free? If you head over to limitlessfestival.co.uk, we're offering four free guest passes per group to come for the day to Limitless Festival 2019. So head over to limitlessfestival.co.uk and I will look forward to meeting you there. For now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this episode. Uh, And it's going to be a good one because, once again, I have the wonderful Andy Hancock with me. Andy, thanks for joining us again on the podcast. So if you missed the episode on uh, working with young people who've been fostered or adopted, you should really go back and listen to that one because Andy just... uh, well, there was some real gold in that episode, some real wisdom. I'd really encourage you to get hold of that one. Uh, I learned a lot in that conversation. I know you will too. And I think this is going to be a good one too, Andy, because we're going to get our teeth into a real uh, meaty subject, which is church culture versus, and sometimes it can be versus, youth culture or the culture of the youth work or the youth ministry. But before we jump into that, Andy, for those who've, who've missed the previous episodes you've recorded with us, give us a, just a, a brief introduction to yourself uh, and to your role in your local church and on the Limitless team. Yeah, so I am um, the next-gen pastor at Life Central Church. So we're based in Hales Owen, Raleigh Regis and Hagley. So we're one church in three locations, just on the edge of Birmingham, essentially. Um, so yeah, I serve as part of the senior leadership team of our church, um, oversee kids, youth and young adults. Most of my job is working with young people and kind of oversee a staff member uh, doing kids and oversee a volunteer doing uh, young adults. Um, and I oversee our uh, Equip programme, which is our gap year and a student placement programme. Um, and I serve as part of the national team at Limitless, along with my wife, Laura, who everybody likes more than they like me. Well, I like you better. Thank yeah. you, too. Uh, <laughs> can I get that in writing? Yeah, yeah, anytime. Can, can yeah. you tweet it? Yeah, sure. Great. Right. Yeah, yeah. mention us and everything. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, uh, no problem at all. Um, okay, so, so let's get into this subject then by talking about your understanding of the youth pastor or the youth leader or the youth worker's role in a local mm. church. Yeah, I think it's not just a youth pastor's role, but it's any staff member who's part of a church staff team um, I would say their role is to serve the senior leader or the senior leadership team's vision for the wider church um, so my role as, as youth pastor and next gen pastor is I want to serve the wider vision of the church um, so like when you start in a role or if you've been in a role and you're not quite sure what those expectations are it's really important that you clarify those expectations it's going in and, and finding out from from the senior leader, what do you want the youth ministry to look like? Do you want me to go and do lots of schools work? Do you want me to just focus in on discipling the church young people? Do you want me to do a mix of both? Really clarifying what is what is the wider vision of the church and therefore how does that translate into the youth ministry? I think it's so, so important because I think naturally as a youth pastor, as someone who's 
let's face it, often youth pastors are in their first or early stages of ministry and they're going into a, a new role. We kind of want to prove ourselves. We kind of want to show, hey, I'm I'm worthy of the role you've given me. I'm I'm a I'm a you know up and coming Christian leader. I've got potential. You you want to show all of that and and naturally I think often youth uh, pastors, youth practitioners tend to lean towards being more autonomous uh, and going, okay, well, I, I'm going to do this the way I want to do it. I'm going to do this the way I see it, the way the way I think we want to do it. And I think it's really important that we work with our eldership, our senior leaders to go, hey, this, this I see your vision. I see where we're going. I see what, what you want to do with the church. This is how I think it translates into the youth ministry. What do you think? Is that what you're expecting of me? Clarifying those expectations is really key because you don't want to work for 18 months on something and then realise 18 months down the track that the eldership and the and the leadership team were employing you not to do schools work but to do um, more of your Sunday-based stuff. Or, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's really key to, key to clarify those expectations. Um, and a couple of years ago, we restructured our youth ministry and... Um, I really felt that the way that we were doing things wasn't working anymore. It was a different generation of young people that we had in front of us. Um, and I just really felt like a, a change was needed. And um, in thinking and praying about it, I went to our, I went to Leon, who's our senior leader, and through that went to the eldership and said, I think we need a huge restructure of the way that we do youth in Life Central. And I don't want it to be Andy Hancock's youth structure. I don't want it to be Andy Hancock's vision. I want it to be collectively our vision for youth. That if I left tomorrow by my own choice or was sacked, <laughs> you, you would you would believe enough in this structure and this strategy to employ somebody to deliver this strategy. Because what what I wouldn't want to do is is the eldership go, you do what you want and I do what I want, and then I leave, and somebody else comes in and does something completely different. Yeah, that's some real wisdom there. Yeah, okay, so so it's so, so it's serving, and it's serving the vision of the wider church, but it's also leading up as well, mm. isn't it? Because you're talking about uh, envisioning the senior leaders of the church in, in, in mm. such a way that, that, yes, their vision becomes your vision, but also that your vision becomes their vision. Yeah. And that the, the thing that you that you are dreaming of for your young people, uh, the, the structure, the program, the strategy, whatever it is, that they have that level of personal ownership over it. And that mm. takes some really intentional leading up and envisioning yeah. of, of your senior yeah. leaders. So I, re I regretted it massively. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because... Because I said I want your fingerprints all over this, yeah. And then I was annoyed that their fingerprints were all over. Okay, it. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, bang, I've got an idea, let's do it. And they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa what about this? Yeah. And asking me questions the whole way, and I was like, just leave me to do it. I'll make it work. Yeah. And actually, when I look back, the first idea I presented was terrible, and I'd have gone with that without the leadership of my elders and my senior leader. I'd have run with that. Yeah. And actually, looking back, that was a terrible idea. And the yeah. idea that we got to and the and the structure that we got to was really healthy because we had the youth core team and the eldership in the same room, thrashing it out, figuring it out and agreeing, actually, this is all of our responsibility as we pilot it, as we run it. This is all of our um, kind of, we're all believing in this and we're all saying, yeah, we think this might work. 
unfortunately has worked, which has been amazing. Great. So, so do you think, therefore, it's important that the culture of the youth group and the youth ministry reflects the culture of the wider church, of the whole church? Yeah, absolutely. We went to a um, leadership conference where we talked about core values. And as I, I love leadership conferences, I love talking about leadership and getting leadership input. It's one of the things that really energizes me. Um, and I'm sat there... Right, and they're talking about the importance of core values and how you write core values for, for your church and how you write core values for a ministry and what they should be and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there scribbling all sorts of notes and beginning to think what could the core values of, of the youth ministry look like and all this kind of stuff. And I'm looking at our senior leader and he's making all sorts of notes and um, you know he's got our, our um, church cultural values up on a, on a document and he's looking at them and rethinking them. And I kind of just had a whisper of a conversation with him during the session and went, should I be writing my own here or are we writing ones together? And he said, absolutely, we're writing them together because this is the church's values, not youth. And I realised in that moment, everything that we do and, and my um, the youth ministry, our culture has to reflect the wider church culture. So our, our uh, core values... Um, go right through our adult ministry, our young adults ministry, our seniors ministry, our kids ministry, and our youth ministry. It's all the same um, values. So they they spell Marge. So it's missional, authentic, relational, and generous. So everything that we do, I'm trying to reflect the the core values of the church. And one of one of the reasons why um, we made the restructure uh, of youth was. We, as a church, on Sunday mornings and, and through a lot of the events that we do, want to create an invitation culture. We want to be a church where unchurched people feel a part of and where church people grow. And I didn't feel like the youth ministry reflected that. I felt like our Wednesday night youth life group wasn't an invitational. It was it was a youth Bible study. And how could how could our young people invite their friends to that? It wasn't unchurched friendly at all. And one of the big things was I was going to the eldership going. I don't think our youth ministry reflects the wider values of the church and I want to bring that in line and I want to have a youth ministry that, that, that does reflect and does the core values go right through the middle of everything that we do. Um, so reflecting the wider church culture is really interesting. So a lot of the things that we do in the youth ministry and our youth events are youth versions of what we do in, the, in, in adult events and, and normal events. So so we moved on Sundays to having a countdown before the service starts to doing um, welcome bags for new people. Um, so now in the kids and the youth ministry, we have countdowns to the, to the session starting and we have welcome bags for the new people because what we want is when our kids and young people get into adult church and become part of you know, being nondescript adults, like we want them to be familiar with that culture, so we want them to be familiar with what goes on. Right. Okay. I'm chiming in here, Andy, because okay. this this all sounds wonderful when you have a church that has a a clear vision, mm. b a clear set of core values, and c a, a culture which is engaging and hospitable for young people, mm. because that's that's easy to adopt. You can easily adopt that vision and and you know. Uh, contextualize that for young people you can take hold of those values you can contextualize those for young people you can take hold of the the programs and, and the methods some of the things you've just described there and contextualize that 
for young people. But what about when the church doesn't have a clear vision? Mm. Um, it doesn't have a clear set of core values. And perhaps most importantly of all, and this would be reflective, let's face it, of a lot of churches, yeah. doesn't have an environment that is hospitable or engaging for mm. young people. Surely then you'd be shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak, by trying to reflect that culture in the youth ministry. Not necessarily. I think this is where it comes back to serving the wider wider vision and what, and what the senior leader wants. So we worked with a church in Singapore and it was a um, kind of Church of England type church in Singapore. It's not Church of England there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, we talked with their youth team and they presented the exact same question. Our Sunday morning services are so boring. The young people hate it. They, yeah. You know, it's lots of liturgy. It's communion. It's quite high church. It's all this kind of stuff. How on earth do we teach our young people when, when our youth ministry is so different and has such a different culture? How do we how do we lead our young people in that? And um, we talked with them about how can you. How can you help the young people engage with what's going on in church? So what if you looked at doing liturgy in some of your youth sessions and helping them understand what was being said and, help, and maybe even maybe even doing a teaching series on this is this is the liturgy or this is what goes on, this is how you do it. And um, you know, reflecting some of some of the things that go on, but youthifying them. So in our youth event on, on Sunday night that we did, I spoke about worship. And I'm quite passionate, and um, for someone who's not gifted in the musical abilities, um, <laughs> I'm really passionate about worship. Um, and we responded with worship, and, and we've got a phenomenal worship team, so we're really blessed. Um, but I'd arranged with our worship leader to do a song, and you know that moment in a song where it drops down to an instrumental, and the people who are experienced in church know what to do. <laughs> and the people who are singers sing, the people who speak in tongues speak in tongues, but if you don't know what to do, you stand there looking like a lemon. Yeah. And so I let that happen and then I got up on stage and I used it as a teaching moment. Yeah. And I said, look, this is this is what you're supposed to, this is your moment to use your own words before God. Yeah. When this happens in church on a Sunday morning, what people are doing is they're, rather than using the structured version of the song, they're using their own words or speaking in tongues and they're, yeah. they're making their own song. So we're going to do that now. Yeah. And I, in that moment, use that to teach the young people. When this happens in adult church, this is what this is what you're supposed to do. This is what that's there for. Yeah. It's not just a break for the worship leader to get have a glass of water. It's a, <laughs> it's, a it's a teachable moment, and yeah. I think it's taken those moments that feel so unyouth friendly, and and equipping our young people to be able to engage with them because one day. Hopefully, if they carry on following Jesus, one day they will leave the youth ministry, and one day they will have to be in the service the whole time. And we want to, we want them to be able to be part of the adult church. We don't want young people to get to eighteen and go, well, there's no place for me. In is there not a meeting in the middle though, Andy? So is there not a place where we talk? We started by talking about the role of the youth leader. Mm. Is is not part of the role of the youth leader to help the senior leader and the eldership and the church? Sunday program team to create a space that is hospitable yeah. for young people is that not part of the role too so 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 it's not it's not just that the youth leader and the youth ministry are trying to uh, are trying to reflect the culture of the wider church 
though that's important, it's also that the senior leader and leadership team are, are trying to create an environment that's hospitable for young people and we're meeting together somewhere in the yeah. middle. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the word serve is really important because I think sometimes we can come at it from the wrong point, wrong way and the wrong angle and we can come at it and we can barge into our senior leader's office and say, the service isn't relevant for young people. These songs are too old, it's too boring, it's too this, that, this, 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 this. And I think if we are going to change, we've got to lead up and we've got to serve. And um, for me, when I started in my role, um, young people up to the age of 18 would go out of the service. So where there would be a song, a few notices, and then all young people would come out of the service up, up to the age of 18. Um, and in reading a book called Sticky Faith, um, which is based on lots of research, it's, it's about how do, you, how do you get young people not just to follow Jesus today, but follow Jesus for the rest of their life. Um, and it's all about how do you get faith to stick. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm reading it and I'm looking for a silver bullet. I'm looking for what is the one thing that I can do <laughs> yeah. that will make sure young people follow Jesus for the rest of their life. And there isn't one. So, um, yeah, I don't want to spoil the book for you, but there isn't one. Um, <laughs> but the closest thing to a silver bullet that they said in their research was the more that, the more that young people had contact with the wider church family, the better the chance of, of them staying following Jesus for the rest wow. of their life was. Wow. Um, so so I took that to our eldership. I requested a, a moment to, to present to our elders. So I, I took that and I said, look, this this is some of the work that I've done, the research that I've done. I would really like to have our young people in the service from the age of 13 or 14, from year nine. Um, because of this, this is what we want to do. And um, the reaction was, whoa, are you saying we're not doing youth provision on a Sunday morning for people 13 plus? I was like, no, no, here's what we're going to do. So we now, um, we reserve some of the front rows for young people. We've now, after a number of years, got to a place where we can officially reserve them. What would happen is youth team would get there early and empty the contents, uh, <laughs> handbags, so you'd have hairbrushes and phones and phone chargers and all the Packets of chewing gum, reserving seats. <laughs> um, now we've got to a place where they've seen the success of it. Yeah. So we've now got official reserved for youth um, signs, which is amazing that we're and in that And let's place. just pause there on the front rows. Yes. Not the back rows. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reason, the reason for that is that I want to communicate and I want the young people to communicate to the wider church that young people are not just here to be taken seriously, but are here to contribute to the service. That's right. And are here to take God seriously and take the service seriously. And also the reason we do it is the further forward the young people are, the more likely they are to engage. Yeah. And and the better they will engage with the service and the more that they will listen. Not just young people, any people. That's true of, I would say. Absolutely. And we we lead the young people in that. So we have youth team that sit with them. We do sessions on how to take notes. And we we teach them how to to listen and engage. Some of them have fidget toys that if they struggle listening, they can have those fidget toys. Some of them have colouring apps on their phones or their tablets. And we know which, who's... Who's trusted to have their phone <laughs> yeah. and, who's and who's on Snapchat? And, we, and, yeah. and let me be honest, we don't nail that. Like we we don't nail yeah. this. We're still on a journey with it. But what we want to do is is lead young people to be able to be part of the service. Okay, so two questions then. 
when you made that transition, how did the young people find it? And question number two is, did the church have to make adjustments or choose to make adjustments to the way it delivered its Sunday services to acknowledge the fact that the 13s and up were in? Uh, so first question, the young people uh, struggled with it. It took us quite a few sessions. Um, it took us persuading them. Um, we had to teach into it an awful lot, teach into the body of Christ, why they were, why it was important that they were part of it. Um, you know, we, we are constantly still having to teach into you can lift your hands in worship even if your parents are in the same room. Like, <laughs> the amount of young people that don't respond in the talks because their parents are in the same room yeah. like, frustrates the life out of me. Yeah. It, it's so true. It's true with any any people, but particularly with young people, you find yourself having to teach the same message and re, reaffirm the same mm. values over mm. and over again. Um, so it was a bit of a battle and we did have to wrestle with them sometimes quite literally to get them to the front and sitting in those front seats. Um, but now we've been doing it for five or six years. It's just part of the youth culture that they come and they sit at the front of their yeah, mates. Yeah. Um, in terms of the wider church, um, it's, um, I think them seeing the young people take it seriously has, has made the wider church uh, and the leadership go, okay, we... We we need to do we need to support this we need to we need to encourage this, um, so re- really simply like when when we first made the adjustment, um, I had to work with our teaching team, when they gave a point and said so when you are in work, apply it this way. Yeah, I had to teach them to go when you are at school, college, workplace, or the home. Yeah, it applies like this, and I just had to teach some language stuff really. Yeah, and um, we're in a fortunate place that because we're a church who's positioning ourselves for the unchurched. Yeah, the conversation I was having with with the eldership was saying we're positioning ourselves for unchurched. Therefore, we're not going to use some of the you know Christian yeah. language. That's going to be helpful for young people because if we almost view young people as unchurched, that's going to be helpful for us, is that if we're thinking there's young people in the room, we may as well be thinking there are unchurched young people in the room because young people won't understand some of the deep, yeah, that's right. yeah. the deep theological issues that you and I would clearly understand um, <laughs> very easily, Tim. Yeah, like, it's, it's that thinking. and um, you know, we've, we've done a lot of work on um, the young people choosing to worship when... They don't like the song. Yeah. Like I said to the yeah, young people, I said good. to the young people this weekend, I said, You will have no idea how many songs we do on a Sunday morning that I cannot stand. And the reason that they would have no idea is because you worship anyway. Yes. Yeah. And because the song starts and I go, Oh, I hate this song. Yeah. But God's good. That's right. I worship. Yeah. And the reason that and you're teaching them that the reason that you worship is not because you like the song Absolutely. or even because you feel like worshipping, but because God is worthy of worship. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So we're trying to teach them in that, and trying to trying to help them to worship in any context uh, and engage in any context. Um, and it's it's difficult. Some Sundays I sit there and I think the young people aren't engaging here. The young yeah. people aren't listening. This is not appropriate for the young people. Um, but then I sit there sometimes in church and go, "This is boring for me." <laughs> so if it's, do yeah. you know what I mean? We all yeah. have those those yeah. moments. And, and, and but Andy, here's the thing. I'm, I'm I'm pushing back again because I've been to your church. 
I, you know, in the last year, I've come twice to speak, uh, and I've loved it. It's been brilliant. Um, and what my experience is is that it's fresh, it's vibrant. The services are quite short because you've got double services on the bounce. Mm. Um, so that helps as well. You, you know, you're not you're not singing for for forty minutes. You're singing for maybe eighteen or twenty minutes, something to yeah. that effect. Uh, at a guess, um, your notices aren't like like somebody you know reading from a bulletin. They're they're vibrant, um, fast paced video notices with some of your kind of gap year interns yeah. or, or young staff team presenting mm -hmm. those. Uh, and then your teaching is like uh, kind of life application based. And again, you've got good, engaging speakers in your church. Um, and so I can see how that would work with with a bit of intentionality, with a bit yeah. of teaching. But I know there's youth leaders listening to this podcast right now, Andy, and they're saying, Andy, that is never going to work for me. Mm. Because if I bring my young people into Sunday service mm. with me, that is the last time they're going to come, Yeah, you know, uh, because they know that the worship, the, the song worship is going to go on for 45 minutes mm. and all of the songs that they sing were written before they were born. Uh, they know mm. that, 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 that the, the teaching isn't going to acknowledge, like you were saying earlier, isn't going to acknowledge them in the application mm. or isn't going to feel relevant uh, to their lives. Uh, and they know that, that they're going to be kind of bored and, and grinding their teeth the whole way through what do you say to that youth leader listening now who's saying andy you know for the, for those reasons and others that isn't going to work for me what, what would you say to them come and work for our church <laughs> <laughs> now i think um it, i think the first thing i would say is like we've i've been on a long journey i've been yes. part of the staff team for seven years the church that you have experienced in the last year coming and preaching on a Sunday morning is vastly different to the church I started at seven years ago. Yeah. We have been on a huge journey as, as a church, as a whole. And I think sometimes we we overestimate the short term and underestimate the long Very term. Very good, yeah. And and this has been a long term journey for us. And these are you know, these are things where I would regularly sit in a in a service and go, This is not relevant to the young people. Um whereas I less regularly do that now because we've been on a journey and we, we've been on that journey with that. I think I think it's finding ways that work for you in your context. Um, so, like, for us, when we made the shift to the young people sitting in at the front and being part of it was a similar time to when we made the shift to unchurched um, and being a church for unchurched people. So there was an opportunity there for me to say, hey, this this could work for both. Yeah. Um, I've you know spoken to youth pastors in other churches who um, the young people go out for the talk, but they they go out and they listen to the same talk and um, the the talk is is relayed into another room on a TV. Yeah, yeah. And they they watch the talk together and there's there's snacks out. There's you know places where where the young people can doodle and 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 be a little bit more messy. But the youth leader there would would host it and would maybe say. Hey, hey! That point that he's just made. Let me just explain that for a moment, and this is what that means. Mm. And it's it's not necessarily them being in the service, but they're still engaging with it. Mm. I think um, that's good. I think what what is a challenge, and what I would say is avoiding is having having a youth culture that is totally alien to your church culture, um, 
will make it difficult for any young person to transition into the wider church and finding ways for your youth culture to, even if it just nods and gives um, a kind of, um, like, reflects it a bit, helping helping young people to follow Jesus and to be part of the wider, wider church culture in the long term is really important. So finding ways for, yeah. for it to cross over. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Sunday morning. Finding ways to invite your senior leader, leader down to a youth session. You know, our, our senior leader, when we did a um, we did a stay awake event where we stayed up all night in the, in the youth floor. I'm far too old to do that now. <laughs> um, but like, we invited our senior leader down to come and do a session with the young people. And he stuck around for a little bit and the girls painted his, his fingernails and, you know, he, he got on board with that, yeah. which was great. And he got to see a bit of what the youth culture was like. Yeah. We got, I got the young people to pray um, for him as the senior leader and, and we prayed into that. Um, it's finding moments. We have, we have young people serving across the life of our church. Um, so on a Sunday morning, there are young people that serve in the kids' ministry, on the hosting team, on the car park team. Like they, they serve across it because we want to. We want young people not to just be consumers but contributors. Mm. So if it's your good. if your church uses hymn books, like get your young people to hand out the hymn books. Yeah. When I was when I was a teenager, thirteen, fourteen, and my church was was doing old songs, and I came back from events like Spring Harvest and Soul Survivor and Limitless, and would go to these events and see these incredible expressions of worship, and come back and feel really flat. Rather than just moaning to the leadership team, I would come and I'd go, how can I serve? Yeah, how really how can I contribute to this? So I signed up to give out books. I signed up to the tech team and was, was doing words. I was finding a way to not just moan, but to contribute yeah. and, and find a way to, to show that, that not just not just get my voice heard, but showing that my voice was a voice worth listening to yeah. and that I wasn't just wanting my way. I was wanting to serve the wider church. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, that's just such helpful stuff. You know, that the thing about participating, not just consuming, is mm. such a big deal, isn't it? Like for, for longevity and for being involved in the life of the church. Uh, it's just such a big thing. Uh, we, we started doing something in, in, in our local church of a Sunday where where three of the four Sundays, you know, we do the whole breakout group thing. So we're together for the sun worship and then uh, and then we have an hour together, 11 till 12, where we do a youth session. But um, one one of the four Sundays in the month, we do a serve Sunday. So everybody in the youth group finds an area to serve, whether that's on the welcome team or whether that's doing teas and coffees or on the worship team or, or set up team or pack down team or whatever it may be. Um, or, or serving in the kids ministry. Um, we, we won in four, and we found that to be, to be really great, you know? And so we've had, you know, non-Christians who are on the door oh, yes. welcoming people so into church. Good. And it's been really cool to do that. But I, even as I look back on my journey, it was the fact that I was playing the drums. Yeah. When I was 12 years old, and probably not that good, mm. that kept me, yeah. uh, you know. And so really important stuff, that, isn't it? So good. And I think if you as the leader don't embody that, young people will see it. Like, um, there's a phrase, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Yeah, yeah. And if you as, if, if you as the youth pastor and the, and the youth leader are, are bitter and angry towards the senior leadership, your young people will see that. And therefore... It has to start with us. Yeah. We have to be willing to serve the wider body of the church. Yeah. So there are things that I do this afternoon. I was doing stuff before I came here. 
things that I do that are set that are nothing to do with youth ministry yeah, that yeah. don't benefit me or my role or my department at all but I serve and I give in to them because I want to model that to the young people yeah. and, and you re- it's it's caught not taught yeah. I can stand up and talk about it all day long but yeah. unless I'm doing it my young people won't catch it it's really good and, and we've, yeah. it's got to start with us so we've got to get our hearts right and we've got to deal with any underlying bitterness or disappointment we've yeah. got to deal with that and get past that and have yeah. hearts that are willing to serve yeah and, and uh, you're touching there on something that i'd really love to, to wrap wrap this podcast up with and that is when you were referring earlier to the journey you said your church has been on a journey mm. and the church that you came to this year tim wasn't the church that it was seven years ago um so so i'd love us just if, if you could just talk to us about how we go on that journey if part of the role of the youth leader or the youth pastor is to help the wider church to create a space and an environment that's accessible and welcoming for young people mm-hmm. how do we go on that journey and i think you've said the first bit there which is about you know the posture of our hearts that it's yeah. not from a place of bitterness or, or, or anger but from it it's from a posture of serving mm-hmm. that's i guess the first part of that journey isn't it but how does that journey then take place? What can we do as a youth pastor to help our leaders and teams see that that's important and to to, to have a space that's mm. hospitable for young people? I think first thing is having those conversations with your with your senior leader or senior leadership team. Like I've said to my senior leader, the way I understand my role is it's my job to serve your vision for the church. And he came straight back at me and said, yeah, but I want you to have vision. And I was like, absolutely, but I don't want it to be contrary to your vision. Yeah. So please do say if I'm coming up with stuff and, you know, we're, we're doing lots of schools work at the moment and I'm saying, are you, are you sure this is what you want me to be doing? Because I've kind of created it and he's like, no, go for it, please, please do it. We've got the opportunity to do it, let's do it. And I'm constantly checking in. So if you've never had that conversation, have that conversation, how can the youth ministry serve the wider wider ministry of the church? How can our vision serve the wider vision. Maybe you need to look at some stuff and go, okay, this this doesn't tie in. The way that we've been doing this has been totally against the wider culture. Maybe we need to reshape and rethink that. Um, So I think I would start by clarifying and and finding where you are as well. What are are the things that are um, negotiable and the things that are non-negotiable? It's really important knowing knowing where the battles are to be fought. Um, so for us, um, we talked when we talked about reserving the seats, we had a big conversation about why. Why are we doing this? Because we didn't want to say and communicate to the older generations, you are not as valuable as the young people. Yeah. So so we are gonna res- we, we're gonna reserve these seats for youth, but you you have to just take whatever seats you find on a Sunday. Um, so we we kind of wrestled with that for a little while um, and thought, actually, this is this is a, a battle worth fighting and actually it wasn't a battle. But we felt, actually, there's enough reasons why is that young people need to sit there, we need to lead these guys, we need, we need to gather them together, we want to create a, a buzz and a, and, a, and a crowd of young people at the front. There was enough reasons why for us to be able to do that. There are other things that I think would be helpful for young people that just aren't a battle worth fighting um, yeah. and, and isn't something worth falling out with the older generations for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, that's, that's really important to find those things of, of what's preference and what's crucial to the mission. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're constantly asking the question of our youth ministry, 
what if what if the way that we like it isn't the best way to reach our younger people yeah and you know it's a great question if 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 i did some research and found that the best way to reach our young people in our town was to um play ancient hymns and sing uh, and use an organ then that would be really difficult for me because that's not the style i like but we would find a way to do it because that's the best way to reach our young people yeah and it's finding all those kind of things what's yeah. mission critical yeah and what is preference yeah um and the final thing is like leading, leading your young people and your team to be, to be able to do this. Yeah. So equipping them, giving them sh- like easy wins, um, you know, moments where teaching them how to, how to be in church, how to how to serve the wider culture, what's expected of you when you are a leader. So the young people that serve in the kids ministry, we do an induction process with them. We say, hey, you're not just a leader in the session. Where if you see a, if you see a child in in Asda when you when you're with your mates, you're still a leader to them. They still see you as a role model, and we're, we're calling that stuff out of them. We're 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 helping them know the expectations. We're leading them in that. I think it can be easy to just throw them in and say, "Hey, serve, be a part of this team." Great, away you go, and you're done. Yeah. Like we really want to want to give them what a clarity of expectation and lead them in that. Help them sit with them. You know, there's. There's times where they frustrate the life out of me when I sit them with them in church. You know, <laughs> what at least one in four Sundays I see I see young people on Snapchat when they're saying they're making notes. Yeah. And like it's finding ways to speak into that. There was a young girl on, on Sunday who didn't respond to the talk, who I know should have responded. The response, I'm stood there thinking, she's gonna respond. That's absolutely nailed on for her. And I saw that she didn't. And I was like, I spoke to my wife and said, can you just ask her why she didn't respond? Because she should have. <laughs> and, and not in a judgmental way, but just in a, hey, why didn't you feel like you could respond in, in yeah. adult church when actually if this was our youth event, you would have? And we were able to have that conversation and able to teach into it. And I think it's finding those teachable moments with young people yeah. and modelling it with them as well. Yeah. And our team getting it. Yeah. Our team getting it is so, so important. Andy, this has been really helpful stuff. But before, before we wrap up, any final thoughts? Yeah, um, it's not going to change overnight. Stick with it. Great. Like, keep serving. Like take each little victory as it comes. It's not. It's not a versus thing. Although it sometimes feels like that. Mm. Like your your church leader wants the same thing as you. We all want to see lost people meet Jesus and follow him for the rest of our life. Mm. And and young people meeting Jesus is as important as older people meeting Jesus and mm. following him for the rest of his life. Let's work together, not against each other. And let's be in it for the long haul. Don't overestimate the short term or underestimate the long term, but take it each step by step. It won't change overnight, but stick with it. Brilliant. Andy, just so much good stuff again. I, I, I've said it before, but I kind of feel sorry on this one for those people who've been listening to this while they're driving their car or, or, or they're running. Uh, like that's how I listen to my podcast, you know, because they're going to need to stop and listen to this again and get their notepad out and write some stuff down because there's so much good stuff here. And guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening once again to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We would love it if you could take a moment to share, to, 
to rate, to review on iTunes, because that will help us to get this podcast out to more youth leaders to whom it would be helpful. Uh, We appreciate everything that you do, and we're praying for you, and we're cheering you on as you navigate this sometimes uh, tricky ground. And actually, do you know what we're going to do, Andy, as we wrap up this uh, Limitless Leadership Podcast? Could I ask you to pray for our youth leaders who are listening, as they, particularly around this issue, as they try to navigate that with their leaders with their young people. Yeah. Father God, I thank you for each and every youth leader that is listening right now. God, I thank you um, that you have given them a heart and a vision. God, we thank you for the young people that they represent. God, and we collectively say, Lord, that we are um, frustrated and heartbroken at the amount of young people that fall away from you when they reach adulthood. And God, we pray that you would um, give us a, a, a heart and a determination to do something about that, Lord. And um, I pray as we navigate this difficult issue of youth culture and church culture, God, I pray that you would give us a posture and a heart to serve. God, I pray that you would improve our relationships with our senior leaders, God, with our leadership teams. God, would you give us real wisdom? Um, God, would you give us um, real strategy and how to lead upwards? Um, God, and I pray that um, that your church would be a multi-generational church across um, all the churches that are listening. God, I pray um, that it wouldn't just be churches that just care about older people or just care about kids or just care about young people. God, each and every person, um, no matter their age, is of value to you. God, and you love them all equally. God, and we pray that we would have that in mind as we um, work with our Uh, leadership teams God as we uh, try to communicate God I pray that this wouldn't be about preference God but it would be about the mission to see lost people saved and Lord we pray that you would just um, help us to put into action the things that we need to put into action God I pray for the things that I might have said that might be unhelpful um, for some people to hear God I pray that those would be forgotten and somehow magically deleted from the podcast (laughs) Um, God I pray that you, by your spirit, we would see more and more young people not just follow you in their teenage years, but follow you for the rest of their life. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Limitless Leadership Podcast. If you think that this content is helpful and and it would help another youth leader, then please do share it on your socials and rate and review it on iTunes, which helps to get the word out there. And stay in touch with us on our social channels too. We're on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Limitless Eden. Thank you so much for all you're doing to serve young people where you are. I cannot think of anything more important you could give your life to than passing on the gospel to the next generation. So keep going and don't give up because what you're doing is important. God bless.